helping you off to elevate. Let's just say. I said elevate! Elevate! Come on, you guys are putting Adam to shame. One last time. Just one last time and I want you to give it with all your heart. I want Jesus to hear this and have his angels rejoice over you. I get it. Elevate! That's what's up. Now I can get the rules. Okay, now rule number one. Once you're here, you're... Rule number two. No fighting, cursing, threatening, gang affiliations, or the... Rule number three. No talking while someone's on the... Rule number four. Shut off all cell phones. So real quick, everybody show up their cell phone. As long as I don't hear it, I'm happy. Number five, no PDA. Who knows what that is? Can you share it with all of us, Tito? display of affection. The six inch Hallelujah. Rule number seven, respect the leaders and... And number seven... Hallelujah. Come on out, invite your neighbor. Come on out, go get more, more volume on white, white, please. Bring it up, bring it up, bring it up, bring it up. Alright, y'all, you got how to do it. You know why we sing songs? This first song is called Fan of My Own Flame. As I sing, you guys can look at the words. But what it's talking about, it's talking about that when we come to church, I don't want to come all fake. I don't want to get excited just because my neighbor's shouting. But when I sing songs unto God, I want to come down from the love you asked me. I want myself, I want my heart, my mind, everything inside of me to be awakened that God is in this place. So here it goes. Father, we ask that your spirit would come out in this time of worship. Holy Spirit, would you have your way in Jesus' name. And everybody said.
goes on that you can see why we're so crazy why we're so involved why we can look foolish up here to the world's eyes I really do I just want to share I was 2006 and 2007 I was coming to a youth group and I never had an experience with God and I wonder what would he do if he really came into my life what would my life look like what would these songs as we sing what would it look like if God possessed my heart, if he really came in like the Bible talks about it? And I remember when the Lord came into my life, I was filled with joy. I was filled with so much love. I just started to cry. And I know that the next opportunity that I had to sing songs, I rose my hand. I moved a little bit more. My feet started to pick up pace. And when the songs came on, I didn't care about my neighbor, whether or not they thought I was cool. I just cared that I just worshiped God and I looked the floor. And I pray with all eyes closed in His place that it just wouldn't be emotions, that it wouldn't be a person on the mic telling you to jump, but it'd be God in His place stirring up your heart, taking off the blindfolds, and you letting them into your heart today so you can feel that. If you've ever touched electricity, if you ever put your hand in a life socket, you know that you wouldn't be standing still, but you would be jumping around. And when the Holy Spirit of God comes into your life, you're not the same. Let me tell you. Holy Spirit, this is your service. Father, I pray for those who are new and worship God who may feel ashamed, God, I pray, Lord, that you would give them clear vision in this place, God, to let them know that the world may dance for distance and things, they may throw their lives away, but, Father, not us, we'll dance because we're worshiping you. Father, oh, would be the day when somebody in a baseball game or in a football game or in a basketball game can become louder than us. And we're worshiping God. We're worshiping the King of Kings. Father, I pray that you would challenge us in this place to worship you more undignified. Your servant David said, I will worship God 
more undignified. He didn't care about his position. He didn't care about his status, even though he was a king. The Bible talks about a man named David. He was a king. He wore royal clothes. He wore a crown. And one day he decided to dance. He started to strip down and dress his shorts. And he started to dance in front of people. And people said he's lost his mind. That's a crazy man right there. But David was excited because he knew that he had a relationship with the Lord. And the Lord was coming back into the town of Jerusalem. Is there anybody in this place that will get excited knowing that God is coming back into your life? That, oh, you might have lived a life of sin. You might have lied. You might have stole things. You might have cheated. You might have slept around. You might have done things. But is there anybody in this place that will shout out to God knowing that there's a God who died on the cross for your sins and my sins and I no longer have to go to hell? Before we sing this next song, I want us to put our attention on God. My friends, I can't save you. This next song can't save you. We sing songs unto God. We close our eyes to help us focus. Not to look at our neighbor, because sometimes they can distract us by them smiling, by them looking around. Right now, I want you to focus on God. He's in this place. Come on, if you need to take a couple moments right now and come to God, I'm going to give you a couple moments right now before we sing this next song. If there's things in your life that separate you from God, like sin, come on, your anger, your bitterness, your foul mouth, whatever it is, I want you to close your eyes right now and tell God, Lord, forgive me of that. God, I'm sorry. I've made mistakes, but God, I come to you because you have opened arms. Come on, take these next couple moments and just draw close to the Lord. If all you can say is Jesus, I need you right now. If all you can say is Jesus, I need you to show up right now and say that he's listening. Come on. back because you love us. You have better things in store for us. God, I, I pray for the person who's been running away, God, right now in Jesus' name, that, God, you will fill them up. You will fill them up in Jesus' name. Fill us up, fill us up, Lord, and let it
you want it, he's here. Just close your eyes. Let go of all distractions right now. And just sing this out with us. We want his Holy Spirit fire to come burn away all the bad religion, all the bad ideas we thought we had of God. And we want him to move right now. Let's go. Holy Spirit, come have your way. Come see it out, fire fall. Spirit's moving. No one explain what we're singing and what's happening in this place. It's not just somebody on a mic and a guitar getting loud for no reason. Sometimes we can miss what God is doing, and I just want to just encourage you. You came to the right place. God loves you. It's nothing to be afraid of. He knows you better than you know yourself. He knows you better than your family. This is what we're singing. We're singing Firefall. The Bible teaches us that our God is an all-consuming fire. It's not that we worship a fire, but what that means is when he comes into our life, there's so much things in our life that is nasty, and we can look at it as sin, we can look at it as all the wrong things we've done, and the way God looks at us, the Bible says, for all have fallen short of the glory of God, for all have sinned, every one of us have sinned, and God looks at us, and when he sees, he sees the sin of man, he sees fallen mankind, but Jesus Christ died on the cross, that if we believe by faith that he is our Lord and Savior, that he took our sins, what that means is that when God looks at us, he sees the blood of Jesus, he no longer sees our sins, but he sees his son Jesus, and because of that, now we become a part of God's family, and when we sing songs like this, we're saying, God, we want you to come like a fire. God, there's things in my life still that I do that is bad habits. God, like my language, the way I think, my attitude, my bitterness, my perversion, my lust, my... God, everything that I've done against you, God, that's still in my life and I can't seem to shake it. When we sing songs like Fireball, it's the illustration that when gold comes into a really, really hot place, gold, the precious metal, when it comes into an oven, the way we wear it, the way it's precious, it has to go through a heating process, it has to go through hundreds of degrees of fire, so all the dirt, so all the impurities can come off, and so that what comes out at the end is gold, it's something valuable, and so what we're singing right now, we're singing fireball, and for those who are singing, if they're singing to God, I want you to come into my life, because this week I messed up. This week, God, my life, I've just messed up. And I don't want to mess up anymore. Act like you don't care. 
That's what we're singing, fire falls. We're asking God to come into our lives like a fire. Burn away all the impurities. Burn away, get rid of all the dirt, get rid of all the junk. And that's what we're singing. And we have an open heart and open mind, and God's doing it in this place. With all eyes closed. If you're in this place, you don't have to be ashamed. This is the most comfortable, this is the safest place you can be. Right now, what I'm going to do, I'm going to make a call for those who need to be purified. You're saying, man, that is me. That is me. God's not going to move in this service. And he's not going to want to move so you guys can't understand him. So we're just going to take our time right now. And if you're in this place with all eyes closed, I just want you to focus on the Lord right now. He's calling you. If there's things in your life that is sin that separates you from God, would be the very same thing he died on the cross. If it's separating you right now, I'm just going to make you an invitation to come up to this altar. Just come up to the steps at the sign like, man, that is me. To separate, distinguish yourself. God knows who you are, by the way. What happens is, as you begin to leave your seat, you begin to realize that you're put in a vulnerable place. And God wants you at that place where you can be very vulnerable, my friends. We're just going to give you a couple moments. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Doesn't matter if you're the leader. Doesn't matter if you've been here the longest time. Doesn't matter if it's your first time. We just invite you. This may be new for you. We want you to come up as well. Trust me, if I wasn't up at this guitar, I'd be right there with you guys. It's an invitation for all. We want them to purify us. And as you make your way up here, would you just tell God in your own words, God, I'm sorry for this. Come on, you know what it is. God, I'm sorry for lying. God, I'm sorry for having sex outside of marriage. Lord, I repent for my bad attitude, God. I repent for putting things before you. God, I repent for stealing, God, for lying, for cheating. Come on, whatever it is right now. Just make time for you. It's just you and God. Come on. Come on, make it personal. Come on, make it personal. Come on, let him put his finger on it. sin come like a fire, purify me, purify me like gold, make me pure before your sight, I don't want to live the way I've been living, Lord, oh, won't you come, won't you come, won't you come, won't you come, won't you come. Firefall and fire. And fall. 
right now one of he's moving right now would you just take the time to acknowledge it this is not your normal service we believe God comes in power and that's not something that you can contain that's not something that you can control we're talking about the God who created the universe who's outside of his creation he doesn't come from the world he's not produced by the world he has no birthday he always was he's outside of time he's outside of our grasp and how we can think of who he is and when that God comes here we just want him to move all we want to Holy Spirit as we move on with the rest of the service although we ask that you be with us continue to move in power Father, I pray that you would convict us of sin, remind us of grace, and bring us back towards Jesus. That's all we want. We want to be closer to Jesus. It's our desire when we sing these songs, and when we pray, when we worship, it's our desire to be close to Jesus. And God, your presence is in this place, and you remind us you've never left. And so we thank you. Be with us in these times of announcements and the service for the word. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Come on. If you will be so kind and just make your way back up to your seat. Tell your neighbor God is good. Give him a high five, give him a side hug, whatever it takes. Man. Boxy boys like Tupac, but I'ma live forever through Christ, not the music. We do rock a few spots, but warning, you will get your do rock while we are performing. Take caution, you absorbing enormous, exhausting, incredible hope, Ed Norton. Frequencies frequently exalting, deep received, Jesus peace.
without the charm and necklace, I'm reckless. I'm in a certain state of mind, so with the head as big as mine, thoughts are like Texas, uh, and it's as if we do it for the hoorah, even though the crowd ooh ooh's like do what nah, cause at the beginning and the end it remains. We did it, we do it, we done it. Amen, praise God. Praise God. I get all sweaty sometimes when I'm up there worshiping the guitar hit so close. But it's just like rubbing and rubbing and rubbing. This is wet. You guys want to feel it? Who wants to touch it? Nobody wants to. Man, if you guys can do me the favor, can you guys move? I see people on the third row. Can you move to the first and second row for me, please? Thank you so much. We're so glad you're here. I just want to give you a couple announcements, some brief announcements. If this is your first time here, thank you for coming. We're excited that you're here. God is in this place. There's nothing in the band like, nothing you've ever experienced like before. And we are, uh, are thankful that you guys are here to serve God and just experience God with us. Elevate every Friday at 7.30. One quick announcement I want to make before it slips my mind. We are moving life groups from Saturday and Sundays to a new time. We are moving life group to Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Life group is a place where we come together, we share life, we come at the church, we chill, fellowship. It's not like we service. We come, we hang out, we hoop, we eat, we just talk about everything and everything. We, we just hang out, okay? And we get together and we get into the world like a miniature Bible study. And this is where everybody has an opportunity to share. There's been some people sometimes in service that have things to say. And as I'm preaching, they're saying, oh, what about this? And life group is the time when you have your questions, bring it. We were just at Prosser today. Okay, you guys know where Prosser's at? Over by Grand and Long, correct? It's by Grand and Long, and we were out there witnessing, and there was this young man who had never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. I said, do you know who God is? He's like, um, I'm like, do you know who Jesus is? And he kind of felt like a little ashamed. He's like, no. And I'm like, come here, hold on. It's like, you don't know who Jesus is, like Jesus? And I'm just trying to get it out from him. He's like, no, man, you ever been to church? No. Anybody in your family goes to church? No. So I had the opportunity of talking to somebody who has never heard of Jesus Christ. And so there's a lot of questions that us, all of us have. I went to Bible college for three years, and I still have questions. So Life Group will be the time for you to just get to know us. We get to know you. We are moving it to a new day, Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Not this Tuesday, but in two weeks. Two weeks from now. And in two weeks, we're having something called a Puerto Rican outreach. If you can lower it down, amen, amen. All my Puerto Ricans in the place. If you're Boricua, say, wepa! There's a lot more Puerto Ricans in that car. Amen. So we're going to go out in two weeks, the Puerto Rican parade. There's a lot of things happening, and it ties into what I want to talk to you today. Two weeks from now, we are going out to the Puerto Rican Festival Outreach. Our entire church, we're taking down our speakers, we're taking our monitors, we're taking our guitar, keyboards, drums, mics, and we're going out on the corner of Northern California, and we're going out there and spreading the love of Jesus. We're making some Puerto Rican rice, we're giving it for free, face paint for the kids. We're actually having, this is the first year where another church is going to come join us. So we're having it Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And if you're crazy for Jesus, we'd love to have you out there. As a matter of fact, Today's message is talking about evangelism and why it's important. Amen. So before I move on to anything else, I want to go into our vision, our strategy. This is our church where Metro prays. Our elevator is called our elevator is called Youth Group. Our youth group is called Elevate. We believe in Jesus Christ. Our vision. Everybody say vision. 
Right? It's what we see. Our, our vision for our church, what we believe in, what we're striving for, is to love God and love people. You may say that's simple, but if you look at it, we're going to explain what that means. And if you're here, we're going to find out our strategy, the way we're going to do that, the way this church is going to go out there and love God and love people and not just come here on a Sunday or a Friday, is to connect to the cross. We want to give our lives to Jesus and say, Jesus, come into my life. I'm done running around. I'm done playing games. I'm done backsliding. Come into my life. You get plugged into Jesus. It's like a light socket. I gave that illustration in worship. If you've ever, don't do it. I remember, this is kind of hot. Do me a favor, Lord, done just a little bit. H-O-T, H-O-T spells hot. It's getting hot in here. So keep on all your clothes. Amen. Hallelujah. Test. Amen. Okay, I see my man over here about to take off his clothes. He's like, yeah. <laughs> Amen. So, what was I talking about? Getting hot in here. Keep your clothes on. Connect. Okay. I remember I was, I don't remember, nine or ten years old. I broke the light in my room. We had like a little miniature light. And it was still plugged in. Don't ever do this. Like, I, I promise you half my brain was gone at the time. I was still getting it. But you know how where the lights off, you screw in the bulb. And I remember I, I went in and like, I want, to, I want to know what that feels like. Don't ever do that. Don't ever do that. I'm alive today by the glory of God, by the grace of God. But I went in there and I'm touching it and it felt weird. It felt like a lot of ants biting my finger. I'm like, ah, oh, it feels weird. And I stepped on it. I was like, ah. Oh. Because I was a numbing feeling, I was getting electrocuted. Okay, I don't know how I'm here today. I don't know if I was touching rubber. It's by the grace of God. Don't ever do that. It is dangerous. But I just remember it felt like something. If you guys ever, ever touch electricity, you're going to be like, oh, that's it. You're going to be like, ah! But when you get plugged into Jesus, that's what it's like. It's not like, I got Jesus. But God changes your life. The next place that we want to go to is a mentor you. We don't want you to just come into a church and sit down and just take a seat and say, you come to our church. We want you to grow, understand who this God is. Amen? And the last thing we do, and I want to talk about it today, is send you out. When we train you out, we love on you, we teach on you, we live life with you. We teach you about the word of God, we send you out. And it's basically you going back to your school and getting another person. Say, hey, you know what, let me tell you about Jesus Christ, man. He loves you. Let me tell you about Jesus Christ. He loves you. Let me tell you, you have never seen anybody heard about. And just spread the love, amen. So that is our strategy. And our goal is 100,000 disciples in this city with 50 churches to plant and 500 around the world. And we are doing it. As a matter of fact, as Hector comes on up with the offering bucket, this is our first week of the month where we have Missions Week. And every week we like to remember the people across the seas. There are actually churches in Nepal, in Nigeria, in India, Pakistan, um, the Philippines. What's that? Nigeria, I said Nigeria. But five nations that there's churches in these nations that call themselves Metro Praise. And that is amazing. They're taking the same books and saying, man, we believe the same things. We want to do the same things that you guys are doing. We're on board. And so we take the first of the month because you know what? In America, we're a little bit more financially stable than these countries, more than third world. And we send out little monies to them and say, hey, you know what? Go feed the poor. Go do some outreaches. Go win some people so they can provide. They can give Bibles to people. That's how people hear the word of God. And you guys have a part to that. So if you guys can stand to your feet for me, peace. Peace. <laughs> Step for your feet for me, carrots and peas. Um, we're about to take tithes and offering. A tithe is 10% of your total income. And an offering is whatever you offer to God after your tithe. The Bible teaches this. It's a command. If you don't do this, you sin against God. 
I used to think like, oh, God doesn't want my money. He's, he's not. God cares about it. And even if I want to teach you this now, if your mom and dad gives you allowance for 20 bucks, what's a tithe off of 20? Two dollars. Make sure you give unto the Lord. It's a good habit. You guys want to be blessed. You guys want to have things. You do it and you give to God. The Bible says, give and it shall be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So don't give God cheapy skates and give him that quarter that you don't want. Like, I'll just give it to God. Well, you got like a 50 in there. Tithe, guys. Don't steal from God. Amen. Tithe 10%. Next, we have a number, and whoever raises their hand first can give me 10% right here, Jeremiah. $81.50. Let's see if you got it right. Uh, sorry, it was $81.50. Amen. Acts 20, 35. <laughs> we like saying this Bible verse to help us remember what it's all about, what it's really about, his kingdom, not this earthly kingdom where money rots away, where it loses, it falls right through your hand. Acts 20, 35. Let's say it out loud on the count of three. One. Two, three, remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said. What did he say? Oh, you guys can bow your heads and close your eyes. Father, I thank you for every person here. God, you bless them in some way, some form or fashion, God, so that they can be a blessing unto you. And I pray, God, from, from the abundance of their heart, God, they will give unto you. And, God, you will take what they give, and you will make it expand. You will make it grow to touch the nations, Father. I pray that you will use these youth to touch the nations. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody say, come on up as you give. Amen. Come on up. I want to tell you something just cool, something that makes Metro praise this church that you just walked into today, this Friday, you know, what we do here, a little special. Um, I'm, I grew up in church my entire life. I grew up in a Spanish-speaking church, and uh, uh, what we do here as far as evangelism is a little special, and I want to teach you guys what the Bible has to say about it. Um, because we have two weeks, two weeks from now, the Puerto Rican parade, one of the, it's, it's one of the biggest parades here in the city. Um, and it comes through for an entire week and Humboldt Park, there's just festivities. You see a lot of people out there with their little huts. They sell things, you know, uh, chains, they sell everything, t-shirts, towels, uh, food, and people are out there. And if you go inside Humble Park, they got the carnival and all that good stuff. And it's a celebration of Puerto Rican culture. And a lot of people come out. And it doesn't matter if you're Puerto Rican because everybody comes out there to have a good time. And so our church, we realize if there's going to be a lot of people out there, we want to go. The only place where the Puerto Rican uh, parade is bigger than Chicago is New York and Puerto Rico. We have one of the biggest parties for Puerto Ricans in the earth. You can think about it like that. And so it goes down for an entire week. And there's a lot of things happen out there. Humble Park, how many of you guys know what that area is like? It's not necessarily the safest, the coolest. You can walk down. It's, it's a little bit, you know, gang infested. There's, there's those things going on over there. 
But we're going to go out there Thursday, Friday, and Saturday preaching the gospel. And I want to take these next two weeks, and I want to talk to the youth, and I want to include you guys. Because sometimes when we do these things, you guys think, what happens is, well, that's not me. They're going to do that, but that's not me. But I want to show you from the word of God what God is telling us, what he says, and what we can do when we go out there. And there's many opportunities, and I would encourage, I strongly tell you guys, come on out. Because some of these opportunities will change your life. I'm telling you, if you've never preached the word of God, today I was at Prosser. I'm t- I just gave this story to a young man in the back. I was out there witnessing on Prosser. There was these, these four guys. One was a sophomore. Three were freshmen. They're coming in front. They're towering over me just a little bit. And um, I'm talking to them. And I say, hey, what's up, man? And I come up into their little circle. And because I'm not, like, cool like them or with them, they're like, oh, this guy, you know, right off the bat. So I have some flyers in my hand, and I'm passing them out. I'm like, hey, you know what? My name is Pastor Adam. And they're like, oh, okay, cool, cool. And they're all joking around, telling jokes. And I'm starting joking with them, you know, uh, having a good time. But I remember at that point in time, I said, God, I want you to use me to reach these guys. And, and as the conversation kept on going, there was an opportunity to talk about Jesus, and I went right for it. And as I'm talking, I'm just talking about Jesus Christ and what he's doing in life. And these guys are just looking. And so far, it went from being like goofing around, just joking. They're like, you know that face when you hear about something good and you know it's about you. It's just. Kind of like that. And I'm over here looking at these guys like, man. And it wasn't me. It wasn't like I knew what to say. I'm, I'm really good. Like I'm a wordsmith. Like I plan out what I'm going to say. I have a script. No, it was God touching their hearts. Because I was telling them about Jesus Christ. And so God was doing one of these, knocking on their hearts. And I said like this, I'm like, man, you know what? It's about time these guys step up and stand up for something if they believe in it. Because I said, man, you guys want that? You believe in that? They're like, yeah. I step back a little bit. I'm like, all right, if you want this, you want to be born again, you want to repent from your sins, come on in the middle right now. Come on up right now. Step up. And they're looking at each other. The smile goes back like, oh, oh man, man. I said, listen, I would rather you walk away and tell me no than to force it or fake it. Because if you just fake it, your entire life, you're going to go on faking it. And what you're going to know is just some fake experience and not the real deal. Listen, if you want this, come on in. God wants you. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. I said that. I'm just watching. I'm not forcing them. I'm not giving them candy. Look, man, I got candy. No, no, no. I'm just watching. That's it. There's no added thing. I, I can't give you anything more. I'm not going to say I'm going to make you into a famous person. I said, no. If you want Jesus Christ, you want to be born again from your sins, come and step in. You want this right now. And one of them steps in. Like, Man, I, I want it. <sighs> step on in. I'm like, okay. And I waited for like another 15 seconds. And let me tell you, it was an awkward 15 seconds. I'm like, why? Man, all of them should have stepped in, but I'm 15 seconds, just one. I'm not budging. The other person comes on. Man, I need this too. And then the other third one comes in. Man, I need this. The only one that stood out was a sophomore. I'm like, all right, guys, let's do this. Put our hands around. So we'll make a, like, a little huddle. It's like, I'm going to pray over you guys, but I want you to pray this in your heart, and I want you to repent from your sins unto God right now. And as I'm about to start praying, I'll put my eyes down, put my head down. I see another person come sneaking into my the little group right here comes under and puts his hand over his friend and puts his hand on my back and looks at me and just shakes his head like, we're doing this. Come on now. That's what God is doing. That is the God we're talking about. And guess what? Whether or not those young men go live it out, I have the duty, I have the responsibility of going and sharing it with them. 
I'm telling you, if you can see their face, the conviction that hit them. But all it takes is a seed. Because when you go plant something, you never expect the entire tree to come up after the next day. Right? And so what you may be doing when you go out there and share your faith, you may be planting seeds. Okay? And I want to tell you something. We're a church that believes in sharing the gospel. And God commanded it. And I want to give you three reasons why we should share our faith. Somebody say three reasons why we should share our faith. Number one, this is the best reason why. Number one, if you have notes, write this down. Number one, it's not very profound. It's just the Bible. Because Jesus said go. You want to know why we should share our faith? Jesus said go. If Jesus says it, that's it. There's not like, ah, Jesus, what are you going to give me? No, 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 no. It's not like that. It's not. We're contemplating with God. It's like he said it. We're doing it. He's God. He's fought. He's, uh, he's our, our Lord and Savior. He said it. We go. Open up your Bible to Matthew 18. Matthew 28, 18. And I want to give you this passage in the Bible where it teaches us that Jesus said go. Jesus, God, telling us go. Matthew 28, 18. And we'll read it out. It says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Right there at the beginning of it, Jesus said, all authority has been in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. Somebody say go. Somebody say go. Say it one more time. Say go. Jesus said, therefore, go and make <laughs> go make baptized. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them everything I have commanded you to obey and ev everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Right there is your proof. Right there is all you need. Amen. So many times we, we, we wait for another invitation, like, I don't know. God says it. He's commanding God us. And right there, it doesn't seem like a suggestion. You know, he's talking to the church. At that point in time, Jesus is about to enter heaven, right? This is after he died and rose again. He comes to his disciples, to the people he was with for like the three years he was doing ministry. And he comes back and he looks at them and he gives them this charge. Does he say, hey, look, you know what? Whenever you feel like it, go out there and, and Go tell someone about me. He's looking his disciples in the eye, and he could have told them anything. He could have just said, man, you know what? Just go to church. He could have said this. He could have said, just go to church. Don't worry about nothing. People are just going to come on their own. He could have said that. He says this. So he says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples. What does that look like? When he says go, when, he, when Jesus, God tells me to go, what does that look like? Oh, he wants me to go to church. <laughs> he wants me to go. But then you realize, you read the end of this sentence, it says, go and make disciples. Okay, hold on a second. If the people that come to church are already disciples, are already loving God, then where am I supposed to go? I thought I was supposed to go to church. Therefore, go. Where does he want you to go? Into the world. Come on now. It's nothing too profound. It's nothing, ooh. It's just, he's saying Go. And if he's God, and it's his word, we should go. And I want to give you a couple of things before we move on. Jesus said go. Number one reason to share the gospel, Jesus said go. God said go. Number two, humankind bears the image of God. 
Write that down. Number two, humankind bears the image of God. Now, I'm going to take you back old school. Somebody say old school. Ain't no school like the old school. I'm going to take you back to the very beginning of the Bible, Genesis. It's the first book in the Bible. A lot of people, when they figure they're going to start reading the Bible, like a year plan, they start in Genesis. Not necessarily a good thing, but we'll get into that later. Ask me in life groups. But we're going back to Genesis, and if we look in the book of Genesis, it gives us the story of creation, how everything came into being. And the awesome thing is, the God that we serve, the Bible says that he spoke. The Bible says he spoke, and everything came into existence. <sighs> he spoke, and it goes down to creation, how he created light, how he created the darkness, how he created these things. He created the moon. He created the earth. He created the waters. He created the expansion in the sky. And it shows you the creation story, and it just tells you that we just didn't poof, appear in one place, and then we call ourselves humankind. We came from monkeys. No, God spoke put his very breath in us, and that's how we came to be. And the Bible says that humans, humankind, every single person born bears the image of God. And I want to prove it to you. If you open up your Bible to Genesis 1, 26 to 27. Genesis 1, verses 26 to 27. Amen. And it says like this, Genesis 1, 26 and 27, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image and in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and of the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. You heard that? In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Now, what does that mean when God created man in his own image? And I want to give you a demonstration to help you understand so it can start, the pieces of the puzzle can start putting together. You know, you're not going to really understand something. Like when you get a box of, of a puzzle, can you lower this down just a little bit? When you get a box and a puzzle, you throw all the pieces down, it just looks like a giant hot mess. You understand, when you start putting the pieces together, generally you go for the corners. Ah, I can see the picture coming through. It's exactly what the word of God is. He's not trying to confuse you. But I want you to understand something. It's a truth about the Bible that when you read it, you might not catch it at first. But that God's going to reveal to you. He's going to just uncover your eyes. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would uncover our ears and our eyes to the truth of your word in Jesus' name. Reason why it's important to share the gospel is because man, humankind, bears the image of God. God said he created us in his image. That's important. Why? Back in the mid medieval centuries, back in a time when there was kings and kings had uh, nobles and they had estates, one of the things the king would do to, to show that he had his kingdom, that his land, his uh, domain stretched over lands, what he would do is he would create images of himself, statues, whether an image on a doorpost, whether images on seal, to show kingdom. To show that things belong to him. And as far as you would go, as long as you would see the mark of the king, as long as you would see the image of the king, you knew you were in that king's domain. You knew you were in that king's kingdom. Images to demonstrate, to let everybody know, to like this king is in charge. He is king. He reigns supreme. And the Bible says that God made us in his image. 
He made humankind, not just Christians, okay, but every person. Think about it. Every person that came into this world, Abraham Lincoln, Adolf Hitler. Oh, you just said Adolf. Hold on a second. He was, he was made in God's image. Who else? Every person in this room made in God's image. Every good person, every bad person in history, you name them. Any family member you may think of, any person that you may think that in school, made in God's image. This does not mean they're saved. It does not mean now that they know God. It's just that God made us in his image to demonstrate to this world that this is his kingdom. And man, the chief end of man, the responsibility of man was to worship God. That's what God created us, to worship him, to have a relationship with him. He gave us a free will, free choice. When sin came into the world, it destroyed the relationship man had between God. And the devil came and he tempted man and he took away what, what we had freely. And Jesus came into this world, died on the cross, so he can give back to us that relationship, the love, the freedom that we have in God. Now check this out. Because God is king and he made man in his image, the devil would do everything and anything to destroy that image. That's why if he can convince a group of kids that if they fight for a color, that's all they have in life to destroy these people, he'll do it because he knows he's destroying the image of God. You hear me? There are people out there throwing their life away, drinking, smoking, having sex before men. He knows that if he can destroy the image of God, there's no kingdom. He can destroy everything that God worked, that God made, because he hates God. And so he goes after us. I'm telling you, if you didn't think you have a bullseye on your back, you do. You were made in the image of God. I'm telling you, when you go out into Humble Park, the weeks that we're going to be out there, you will see gang violence. You're going to be around. I'm not saying you have to be afraid of it. But the devil has so convinced people who are made in his image to believe that if you fight for color, then that's it. That's all you have. Then if you have that, that's, that's all you need in life. And so people would fight, would throw their lives down for something worth nothing. It's a matter of life and death. Now I want to ask you a question. If you're in this place, you're made in the image of God. I'm not talking to a bunch of dogs. He didn't say dogs were made in the image of God. He didn't say lizards. He didn't say polar bears. He didn't say penguins. You can name any animal. He didn't say none of those were made in his image. But humankind and devils ought to destroy that image. Check in your own life right now how much work the devil is putting in to destroying that. I'm telling you, if you think that the trouble will stop once you become a Christian, once you become a Christian, the devil is trying to take you out. Because if, he, if once he realized that that young girl got a hold of God, you are a threat to his kingdom. You are a threat to him. Because guess what? Now your friends can get opportunity to hear the word of God. Young man, if you're in this place and you're knowing that, man, if I get a hold of God, the devil's going to be afraid of you. Target on your back. You have nothing to fear. It's a matter of life and death. The devil's trying to destroy his image, and we're going out to try to save people. Amen. Last point, number three, and then we're going to close in prayer. Number three, reasons why to share the gospel. You bring the kingdom of God. This is, this is a good one. I love this one. I got to stretch out for this one because I feel the Lord up in this place like electricity. I'm not going to get all goofy on you guys, but you bring the kingdom of God. Now, we talked about God being creator, how, 
how that illustration, how we're made in his image, demonstrates his kingdom. And when we can come back into relationship with God, we can fully live out our purpose. Your purpose in life was to glorify God. That does not mean you're going to become a pastor. It means if you want to be a lawyer, if you want to be a mechanic, if you want to be a basketball player, you're doing it for the glory of God. Amen. Here it is. Number three, you bring the kingdom of God. Now, what does that mean? When you go out, you share the gospel, you bring the kingdom of God. Now, I want to give you a couple of verses so you guys can, can track with me. Okay, so Romans 14, 17. Open up your Bibles there. Romans 14, 17. The devil ain't going to destroy us. He's not going to destroy elevate. Come on. Uh, we are getting a little short on time, so I'm just going to read it. Romans 14, 17 says this. It says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. I'm going to read it one more time. Romans 14, 17. Now listen up closely. The kingdom, for the kingdom of God, point number three was you bring the kingdom of God. Now listen. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. I want to I wanna teach you guys this. The Bible says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating or drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Where is the kingdom of God? It's in the Holy Spirit. Catch this. We're not going to move on right now. The Bible says, for the kingdom of God is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. Where is the kingdom of God? It's in the Holy Spirit. Now check this out. Ooh, hallelujah. The kingdom of God is in the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born again. How do you get born again? You die to yourself, you receive the Holy Spirit. Uh-oh, come on now. I'm going to put that together. The Bible says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating or drinking, but it's a matter of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is in the Holy Spirit. How can someone be saved? When they give their life to Jesus and they receive the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that no man can be saved unless by the Holy Spirit of God. What does that mean? That means when somebody gives their life to Jesus, they have now entered the kingdom of heaven. They've now received the kingdom of God. Guess what? It's a kingdom where no earthly thing, there's no rust, there's no thieves, nothing will perish. The streets are made of gold, y'all. Check this out. It's a kingdom whose king is God. It's not something produced out of this world. It's not something man-made. It's not something we can put together. It's not of this world. It's something out of this world. And let me ask you something. If you're in this place... And you have the Holy Spirit. That means that you have the kingdom of God. Let's read one more passage. 1 Corinthians 4.20. 1 Corinthians 4.20. We're going to end in prayer and we're just going to love on the Lord right now. 1 Corinthians 4.20 says this. I'm going to read it. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. I'll read it once more. 1 Corinthians 4.20. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. Man, what is God saying to us right now? Oh, my gosh. I pray right now just reminds we'll just be open to this. This is going to be really good. Because when we go out there to Boricua Fest, we're not believing 
and just ordinary things. Oh, here's a flyer. We're going out there believing God would do amazing things. People will get saved. People will enter the kingdom of God. And this verse right here, I'm going to close on it. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. Do you realize that when we say the kingdom of God, it's not something in our ordinary that we can fix up, something that we can just go to. Let me go to the kingdom of God. Where are you going? Going to the kingdom of God. You want to come? Uh, you going to heaven? Yeah, yeah. How do you, yeah. If someone comes up to you and says, hey, man, you know what? I'm going to go to heaven right now. I want to come. How do you go to heaven? Is there like a ladder? You just climb up. You just keep on climbing and you disappear in the cloud. No, 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 no. The Bible says that the kingdom of God is in the Holy Spirit. When you receive the Holy Spirit, you receive the kingdom of God. Now, the Bible says the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. Did you know that when the Holy Spirit comes inside of you, that your life is not the same, that there's power? So many times when we give our life to God, we just think that he just comes into my life. I want that part in your brain to understand that. Hold on a second. He says he gives me power. What kind of power? Not superhuman power. You can pick up a car, pick up a string. I know that was the first thing that came to mind when I heard that, like, you get power, like, going up and lifting my car, see if I can do it, like, looking around, no one's there. No, 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 it's not that kind of power. You flying away somewhere. It talks about now you got the power of God. God lives inside of you. You can go out there and share your faith and believe God to do some amazing, extraordinary things no eye has seen. Pray for somebody and someone gets saved. Pray for somebody and someone gets healed. I'm talking about pray for people and demons leave. If you can stand to your feet for me, please. I remember in India... We were in India, and it was a rally, and we were praying. We made an altar call. Pastor Joe was preaching, and you know how Pastor Joe does. He gets up there. He's preaching. The guy's interpreting from him. And towards the end, when we're praying and everybody's coming up, there was a man who was manifesting demons. Man manifesting demons. I'm not making this up to make myself look good, but I just remember the guy was sitting. If we're on the stage, he was sitting on the left-hand side. The girls, the old ladies were sitting here. They were sitting on the floor. The guys were here. So we knew something was here. Like, why is he over here? You know, anyways. So he starts manifesting. The man throws himself. The demon comes up. The demon comes up, makes this man convulse, throws the man on the floor, screaming, yelling at the top of his lungs. People start getting crazy because that's what demons like to do. They like to cause fear. And, and people are like, oh, my gosh. People start praying in tongues. People come on over. And I just remember looking at Joe like, man, let me go, let me go, let me go, let me go. And then Joe's just looking at Archo, and he gives me like, go get him. I'm like, yeah. So I just go over there. I go up to this guy. Just on the floor. Okay? Remember, the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk but of power. Come on now. Let me tell you something. Demons will leave when you, in the name of Jesus. So I'm up there. I bring this guy up to the front. We pray for the man. The man gets delivered, set free from demonic possession right there in front of us. It wasn't just some guy getting crazy. The man was full of demons. Cast it out in Jesus' name. That's power I'm talking about. God's not going to give you that kind of power. God's not going to allow you to do those things if you're just going to go pimp it around. Hey, if you want your demons cast out 20 bucks, nothing like that. But if you want to be set free from sin, if you want a life full of purpose, you want a life full of glory and righteousness in the Holy Spirit, it's for you. And I tell you these things because in two weeks, we won't have Elevate here in the church. We're going to be on the street. We'll have our Friday service on the streets witnessing. Okay? Our entire church is going to be out there. And I'm giving you things to prepare your mind, prepare your heart, because I would like to see every one of you out there.
you might have not have witnessed before. Doesn't mean God can't use you. I've seen people who have known less, been able to pray for people and then been healed. Come on now. Would you want God to use you? Let's just close our eyes right now. Would you want God to use you? These next two weeks, I'm not going to talk about fluffy, cool messages. They're all going to be purpose so they can prepare your heart, prepare your mind for what God may do. I encourage every one of you to come out all three days. If you're looking at your schedule and you have already things planned out, pick a day, go out. But I'm asking in your heart today, first of all, one, is do you love people the way God loves them? Or if maybe if you're in this place and this may be your first time here, you're saying to yourself, I'm not sure if I, I love God the way he's supposed to be loved. We want to give you opportunities right now to come before God. And it's not before man, but before God, because in the end, it just matters with, with him, how you are, how you stand before him. And, and we're going to have our eyes closed. We don't want everybody to feel awkward. As a matter of fact, Cynthia, can you play some just music in the background? It's just all focused right now in positioning our hearts on his word. If you're in this place right now, you're in made in the image of God. I want to ask you something. Has the devil been messing around? Has the devil been having control? And has he been successfully putting down? Has he been successfully destroying the image of God in your life? Come on right now. If you struggle with sin in this place, we want to make a time for you. Let me tell you something. I used to come to youth group and be full of sin, but be too ashamed to come up and admit it. And it took me about two years before I was set free. And at that moment when I was set free, I wish I would have done it sooner. Let me tell you what. You have the opportunity today with all eyes closed in this place. God is in this place. We believe God is always restoring people. He's bringing people back. And if that's you, I just want you to slip your hand up. Just slip your hand up. Nothing big. Just slip it up. Amen. Come on, you're struggling with sin. Today's the day to say stop. Enough. I'm done. And if you raise your hand in this place, I just ask that you push your hand over your heart. Just right where you're at, just over your heart. You know you raise your hand, just over your heart and say, God, Lord, I repent from these things. You saved me from this. I should know better, but God, I messed up. But God, right now, I'm done. You've given me Jesus Christ. I repent from that. That means to turn away from it. So right now, just turn away from it. There's nothing big, nothing special. I'm, I'm done with it. And surrender your life to God. To say, Jesus, come into my heart right now. Come into my mind right now. And Father, I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit that your kingdom will come upon these youth right now. Those who are raising their hand, Father, those who want it. Your kingdom will come upon them, God. You said you would come, that you never left us, that you come in power. So we ask right now that the chains of sin will be broken off every person in this place. In Jesus' name, we command it. Devil, get your hands off. You do not have control. We bind you and we rebuke you in Jesus' name. And we declare that he who the sun sets free, she who the sun sets free is free indeed. And we stand in that word. Come on, right now, we're just going to enter in a time of prayer. 
And what we're going to pray for right now, you might not have done this before, we're going to pray for people. And I'm just, we're just going to take the next couple minutes and just pray for somebody. I want you to name out three people that you know right now that you want to see saved. Three people that you know, they can be family, they can be friends, they can be someone that goes to your school, they can be a co-worker, whatever it is. Three people that you know you want to have see come to the Lord, that you want God's love to come into their life the way it's happened for you. This is what I want you to do. I want you to name them, pray to yourself, and say, God, I pray for this. Let me give you an example. God, I pray for my brother Sergio. God, that you would meet him, God. The Lord, when he comes back into town, God, that you would give me plenty of opportunities to preach the gospel to them, to tell them about your love. God, I pray that you would use me, use somebody, give me boldness, God, to do that. Father, I pray for my friend Zach, God, who used to come to this very youth group. God, he's went to college and he's left it all. He's lived the high life. But Father, I pray, Lord, he will come back in repentance. And Father, that you would save him and his family. Come on, I just gave you two examples. Three people. Take the next three minutes, probably a minute for every person, and just pray for them to come to Jesus. Come on. two more minutes keep on praying keep on praying for them call them out by name for that one person if it's your family come on you're thinking about your mom your dad when it's okay to pray for them and believe we'll step out of faith come on last minute here we go
before we close out, before we leave, I just want to share this, this story with you. If you can lower down the music for me, please. I remember being in Elevate, 17 years old. My pastor, Pastor Joe, who's the youth pastor, and he said, man, get a, get a list of three people who give the entire youth I wrote down, I was on Facebook, and I wrote, yeah, you guys are in the And I remember he said, no, I have to pray for you. Go out and share your faith. And that was one of the hardest things to do in I just kept on hounding them and, and they came to the church. Then they came to the church and said, This is so funny. But I came about a couple of services and I had to go out and go out with them. And I began playing a couple of years. I took it to them the longest. I had to go out of all three of these longest morning. Over time, flat stopped going and I had no one on the three of the list I was praying for coming to church. And we're getting closer to the end of our senior year, and I remember seeing Elliot come to church one time, and he said, I'll give a shot. Elliot's story, he grew up in an old park, this in Jay-Z, he had the hard life, it was hard on him, he was afraid to tell himself, he overcame some things in life, and he felt like the only thing he could relate to was Jay-Z, music, hip-hop, Tupac, I mean, this guy was, was an all-American, you know, I'm talking about He has so many questions, I couldn't answer them all. I'm like, man, I don't know it all. And after over a period of time, I was 17 and I'm 
to the Puerto Rican prayer. God, come in our lives. Come to our family. Come to our friends. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, come on. Everybody said? Come on, give the Lord a hand clap. Come on. I love you. Jesus loves you. Before you leave, tell somebody you love them. In Jesus' name, none of that weird stuff. We love you. We'll see you at Life Groups this Sunday after our service.